Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 189. Getting ready for your next Royal Caribbean adventure is always exciting because of all the possibilities that lay ahead, and this week, I've got that excitement back because I am going on a seven-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you why I booked this cruise, what our plans are, and take you through what I've got planned on board and on shore. Here we go. If you're wondering if after all these cruises I've taken and even just in the cruises I've taken uh, during the lifespan of this podcast, if the excitement factor gets a little dwindled down or it fades or if in any way I don't feel as energetic about my cruises that are coming up as I did when I first started doing this podcast or even before that, the answer is a resounding no. It is definitely uh, still as exciting today as it's ever been and I really am very excited for my next cruise because, look, I don't care which cruise it is. It excites me the idea of going on a vacation, exploring these amazing ships, and really having a a kind of opportunity to uh, see the world and just see everything that these ships has to offer. And it's kind of funny how I've really changed my tune over the years. I remember my first cruise I ever took on, even if it was a Royal Caribbean ship or not, was, you know, I was more about the ports we were visiting. And for a long time, I used to actually dislike sea days. But now I am totally on board with Team Sea Days. I do enjoy port days. I still enjoy loving, you know, exploring these ports. But really, to me, the ship uh, is the destination. And with Royal Caribbean, that is very much the case. You look at almost every ship in the fleet, especially the new ones, they're built for that. They're built to be floating cities. And this week, I think it's really going to come into play as we talk about the cruise I've got lined up, Anthem of the Seas. And this is my... Second time on Anthem of the Seas, you may recall I was on Anthem back in November 2015 for just two short nights. It was right when Anthem of the Seas arrived in the United States, and it was part of a media preview. And I have not been back since. Now, I have been on her sister ship, Quantum of the Seas, if you really go far back into the Royal Caribbean blog archives. You will know that actually Quantum was our very first uh, Royal Caribbean blog group cruise that we had ever planned, and we did that. That was an eight-night cruise, and there was a two-night cruise, like another media cruise that preceded that one. Uh, but it's interesting because while I have done all those nights on Quantum, my wife and my kids have not. My wife joined me for the two-nighter on Anthem. My kids have never been on any Quantum-class ships. Back when, during the Quantum days, my wife was pregnant at the time, so nobody joined me on there. I went uh, solo, took it upon myself. Oh, geez. Someone's got to do it, right? Uh <laughs> Yes, there was some. There was a bit of a uh, resentment there, but anyway, we 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 took the cruise on there, and it was wonderful. Um, but I've always wanted to take the kids on a quantum class ship because they are very unique and cool. And I think my children, who are right now really in tune with all the adventure ocean things, are very much in the it, perfect for this kind of a sailing. And this, the reason when this cruise came up. Was that there was one evening? I don't remember when it was. Some day, and usually I am the protagonist, right? The antagonist is somebody who just bothers. I'm the protagonist who comes in and says, "I would like to book a cruise, honey." And my wife is like, "Oh, we can't do it. Vacation, money, uh, space landings, uh, taxes, um, kids picking his nose. You know, there's a whole variety of reasons why we can't book a cruise." And usually it's like, "Well, all right, fine." And for some reason at this time. I think my wife kind of was talking out loud and mentioned something about the fact that we were, uh, you know, we've got my, my oldest daughter's spring break coming up, and that is a built-in time to take a cruise, and maybe we should take a cruise. And I think when the words left her lips, I my ears perked up as if I was a greyhound, and I was like, what? And immediately, 
went to work on trying to find a sailing for us. And we picked this particular weekend because of spring break. And we looked at a couple different options that were available to us. And we looked at a number of options, but we settled on two that were really appealing. One was Oasis of the Seas. And there was Anthem of the Seas. Now, Oasis is in our backyard now, being in uh, Port Canaveral, Florida. Very easy to get to. Wouldn't have to fly or anything like that. The other thing was Anthem of the Seas. And Anthem is a ship, as I mentioned earlier, is a ship that my kids have not been on. My wife has only been on for two nights. And I haven't been on since 2015. And that was only a two-nighter. So really, it's been a while since I've been on the Quantum class. And they're a very popular option. There's been a lot of changes to the Quantum class. There was the rise and fall dynamic dining and, you know, the... There's some cool – I haven't seen all the entertainment on board Anthem, so definitely some compelling things to see on and do on board the ship. So we, we thought about it, and actually what ended up happening, I think, as I recall correctly, pricing-wise, even with airfare, Anthem was a little bit cheaper or around the same price as Oasis. And, you know, we had just – or we were planning – at the time, we were planning on doing a cruise on Allure of the Seas as part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise, which we did in uh, February of last year. And we knew that we had the Harmony Group Cruise in September of this year. We're just coming up. By the way, you can join us for the Harmony of the Seas Group Cruise. It's September 16th, seven nights on the world's largest cruise ship. I'm inviting you to join us for it. Go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events for more information and a completely free, no obligation quote uh, to, to join us for it. And I'll post a link in our show notes again to that at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. Okay, with uh, that shameless plug out of the way, where was I? Oh, yes, we did the Oasis class ships. And so I was kind of like, well, we've done a lot of Oasis class ships. And I feel like, you know, for the sake of the blog, it probably behooves me to try to have as wide of a reporting aspect as I can. And if you all believe that, then I went with Anthem of the Seas. And I purposely, because I, many of you know I hate flying. And I knew we'd have to fly. But to me, I am very much intrigued by Anthem of the Seas. I like the idea of a quantum class ship. I always enjoyed it on Quantum when I was on there in 2014. And by the same token, I enjoyed uh, my very, very brief stay on Anthem in 2015. And again, I thought it would be a really good fit for the kids. So for those reasons, I was very drawn to it. I love the entertainment on Quantum class ships. Certainly 270, which is the space on the, rear, the back of the ship, the aft of the ship, is just amazing. One of my favorite places ever. And I just... I remember I was sitting in 270 with my wife on the Anthem of the Seas media cruise, and we were just sitting there just enjoying whatever was happening in 270, and it was just um, – I was like, I need to get back on. We need to do a cruise on here. Really, really, you know, that resonated with me quite a bit. Uh, so we wanted to give that a try, and we got a decent rate on this one. In fact, we actually booked, believe it or not, another Grand Suite. Now, we booked this one in the name of research. Many of you know it. Matt, you just did a Grand Suite on Navigator of the Seas. Ah, but this one – is on a Royal Suite class. And, of course, for the sake of research, I have no choice but to take it upon myself and research the virtues of Royal Suite class and how that compares to a non-Royal Suite class ship. So we're actually in a Sky class. We have booked a Grand Suite there. So I get a little bit of a uh, research angle to it. If you, if anybody buys that, I don't know. But that's what I'm going. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So I'm going to go there from that plan. I wish I could tell you that I have planned also a equally intriguing and adventurous itinerary, but I will tell you simply that once again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we booked this cruise for the sailing because after all, even if we chose Oasis of the Seas as the other sailing, we were, you know, we were going to do an Eastern or Western Caribbean itinerary that I've done a thousand times as well. So it's not like it was that much more compelling, but with Anthem of the Seas, this is a seven night Bahamas cruise. We're going to Beautiful and exotic, not too far from my house, Port Canaveral, Florida, Nassau, Bahamas, and Coco Cay. And I love Coco Cay, and I'm looking forward to trying it out there and seeing what it's like on a quantum class ship. But obviously, Nassau and 
Port Canaveral, probably not in my top 10 destinations of all time. Nothing wrong with them. We're going to try some new things out. Uh, in Nassau, we have booked a British Colonial Hilton. It's a pseudo-all-inclusive resort that we booked through resortforaday.com. Going to give that a try. I've heard some very good things about it. It looks very nice. And in Port Canaveral, we joked about actually doing going home and doing laundry. But I think what we're going to end up doing is going to the Kennedy Space Center. I've never done this, actually. This is the facility where NASA does or used to do all their space shuttle launches. Now they do their rocket launches. And I am very much looking forward to, to experiencing that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and something different to try. Now, on the sailing, as I mentioned, we're in a grand suite. Actually, this time... We're having the kids in the room with us. And I know you've probably heard me say this a bunch of times. Be like, Matt, did you always say you're never going to stay in, your, in a, the same room as your kids again? That was something I said before. I am hoping that the amount of space that a Grand Suite provides and the fact that, at least on our Navigator Grand Suite, there was a curtain divider, that it'll make a difference. And also my kids are slightly older. And you can definitely tell I'm going from the optimistic standpoint here as to what I've got planned. But I I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work for that. And I've also convinced my parents to join us on this cruise. It'll be a bit of an extended family cruise. They're not staying in our room with us. Don't worry about that. They're they're staying in a balcony. But at least we'll have backup. You know what I mean? It's not just all on us. We can send the kids over there a little bit or at least one or two of them. And, you know, it always is helpful when you have help and having family around is wonderful. I know the kids love spending time. With them as well, so I think this is gonna be a lot of a good experience overall, and it may afford me and my wife actually some extra babysitting time without having to pay it all in the nursery. Which again, I'm not, I have no problem with the nursery. I love the nursery, but at least you know we'll get some opportunities for the kids to spend time with them, and also for for me and my wife to spend time with my parents uh, when we were on this cruise. But like I said, primarily this cruise is all about Anthem of the Seas, North Star, Ripcord by iFly. Uh, you've got the uh, 270. You've got the Cplex. You've got the amazing dining on board. I'm really excited to try this ship out. And we're going out of, of course, Bayonne, New Jersey. In fact, actually, we're spending a day before the cruise in New York City, in Manhattan. My wife and I are going to do some Broadway shows. We're going to eat a lot of great New York food because, as you all know, I love food. And the food in New York City, unparalleled, unmatched, amazing food. So it'll be nothing but a steady diet of bagels, knishes, and pizza for 24 hours. And then getting on board Anthem of the Seas and continuing in whatever the fine dining that is available in the Windjammer. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We booked a number of uh, uh, events and things on board the ship. We booked the North Star. We booked some shows on board. Uh, one interesting thing that we were not doing the drink package on this sailing, uh, primarily because we are staying in the we're staying in a suite. We're trying to save some money, so we're going to try to uh, go about it the old-fashioned way and take advantage of the drinks available to us via being diamond members and the concierge lounge. In addition, uh, we'll also be doing some drinking on when we're on shore, so that'll help a little bit there. And it's it's a little bit of a different cruise when you're there with family, so. You know, we, we decided not to go there. Also of interest, being in the Royal Suite class, you get in the Sky class complimentary Voom internet, so we don't have to pay for that. Granted, of course, that's like the, one of the cheapest things Royal Caribbean offers when you prepay it, but hey, it's less things to to to, to worry about, one less thing to pay for. Uh, we also reserved in Coco Cay a beach bungalow, not the cabana, a bungalow. Now, I'll render judgment on this when we get a little bit closer, but the bungalow's... The reason I, I chose the bungalows over the cabanas are because the cabanas on Coco Cay do not have direct beach access. What that means is the bungalows are all on this little beach near the water. You can see the water, but there's no actual beach there. You'd have to leave the – it's kind of built almost on a 
plateau or I don't want to say cliff, but there's you can't walk directly in the water like you can in Labadee. What you would have to do is actually exit the cabana area and go to the uh, beach like with everybody else and then come on back. So eh, maybe I could negotiate that with with you know if it was just me and my wife, but with the kids, eh, not really of of interest. So what we're going to end up doing, we put the bungalow, which quite honestly is a very similar experience to a cabana, and it's got direct beach access. That's something I, I haven't told my parents about yet. I kind of want to surprise them with like, hey, look what we did for, you know, here's a thank you for joining us on this cruise. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be perfect for what we are looking for. And it's also in the name of research, I get to try a bungalow out. So you see how this all kind of comes together? I'm working on it at least. <laughs> and it, I think it's going to be a great time. I think we're, we're very, very excited for this. I freely admit that the fact that I have to fly up to New York City is not exciting me at all. But once I once we land on Friday night, I'll feel much better about it. And I'll be very, very – I am excited for the cruise anyway. And it's a uh, funny story I have to share about this though. Uh, right around the uh, – go back about a month ago, I – we were getting ready to go to our Navigator the Seas cruise that we just took. And was, I think it was like the day before. And I got an email from JetBlue who's the airline that we're flying for our Anthem of the Seas cruise. And they're like, it's time to check in. And I was thinking to myself – well, that's weird. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know that airlines let you check in like a month early before your flight. Oh, well, whatever. And then my wife said to me, she goes, did you get the email from JetBlue? I said, yeah. And she goes, did you book the wrong flights? Because why were they sending to us? I, said, I didn't book the wrong flights. Don't worry about it. And she says, can you just go check? I'm like, fine. I will check and I'll tell you that you're wrong. And a couple minutes go by and then you probably heard a scream from upstairs. <laughs> Long story short, I booked the wrong flight. <laughs> I booked the wrong dates. I was looking at the wrong month. And luckily... Uh, JetBlue was able to waive the change fee for me as this one-time favor, which was super awesome because I shouldn't have deserved that. I It was all my fault, and I can't blame anybody but myself. But we were able to rebook the flights for the correct days, and now we're all set. So yay on that, but here's your PSA for the day. <laughs> Make sure you double and quadruple check your your dates and the month you're booking your flight for. Yeah, almost uh, messed that up big time. When I mean, can you imagine showing up to the airport and being like, oh, yeah, I'm here for my flight. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> they still say who am I, but at least they know my reservation this time. But yeah, uh, no bueno. So, of course, as always with every cruise I go on, I will be live blogging it, live tweeting it, live Facebooking it, live periscoping it from Anthem of the Seas. And with Anthem of the Seas, they have the true boom, as I call it, meaning that they have uh, full internet capabilities. Uh, for the if you're new to this podcast or new to Royal Caribbean or both, I will first of all welcome. I will tell you that Royal Caribbean's internet package is called Voom. And last year Royal Caribbean decided, ah, they announced that they're going to roll out Voom internet to all their ships. The reality is not all ships have the same level of internet connection. Meaning some of the ships like Navigator of the Seas is an example. It's significantly slower. But on Quantum class ships and Oasis class ships, it's the real deal. It is very very fast. There's other ships as well. It's not just those that I just mentioned. But it's very fast, certainly fast enough to do everything I need to do, including video streaming, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm so I'm hopeful that the reason I'm telling you this whole is because I'm hopefully you'll be joining me for this virtually. Every cruise I go on, I jo- I invite you to join me for it. I live blog it. I, I do Facebook lives. We do periscopes. We we share photos on Instagram. And again, I want this to be as interactive as possible. If you if you have an Anthem of the Seas cruise coming up, or maybe you're thinking about Anthem of the Seas, this is a great opportunity for you to ask questions, get them answered. Because I love sharing in that and being able to get you all answers. Because I'm on board. It's very easy. And boy, do I love doing research on board ships. So definitely looking forward to uh, sharing that with you. And, of course, all the fun begins, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it'll begin on uh, Sunday, March 
19th, 2017. If you'll see this episode in the future, well, hello. I hope your flying car is doing well and enjoy the follow-up episode that will no doubt be uh, reviewing this uh, cruise on Anthem. This is going to be coming when I get back, and I'm I, I really just oh, so excited about this cruise. And uh, I think Anthem of the Seas is a ship that, uh, you know, even though it's a brand new ship, it really is. It just came out a couple of years ago. You know, between Ovation and Harmony of the Seas debuting and some other factors involved, I feel like it's kind of it. It does fly under the radar to some extent, even though it goes out of New York City, which is a major, major, major one of the biggest, if not the biggest, television market in the world, but yet. It doesn't seem to garner nearly as much attention as other ships out there, but I am hopeful that uh, you all will see why Anthem of the Seas is such a compelling option because I think it's just going to be awesome. I cannot wait for it. And, of course, uh, I'll be sharing with all of you right here on Royal Caribbean Block. All right, it's time to answer your Royal Caribbean questions. I love doing this. Basically, this is part of the show where anybody can email me and ask a Royal Caribbean question, share a thought, share a comment, share a review of their cruise, excursion, basically anything on their mind about Royal Caribbean. This is your opportunity to do so. And if you're thinking, wow, I'd love to do that, send me an email. Send me an email by going to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email today comes to us from uh, my good friend Bill Carney. He writes, just listen to episode 181 about Labadee. Royal Caribbean offers some offsite excursions which you didn't mention. We did one called the Haitian Cultural Tour, which brought you by boat to a beach away from the crowds in the main peninsula, and from there, led us on a tour through the mountains where they showed us Haitian agricultural products, a little bit of local culture, etc. Then they were able, we were able to enjoy a beach for a few hours before going back to Labadee for lunch. The beach was like a miniature version of Megan's Bay. It was a really nice excursion, and we enjoyed it immensely. I judged it on Facebook, and it appears they've renamed it. It's called A Paradise Cove Escape in Haitian Village Experience. So just thought I'd mention that as that you don't have to spend the entire time on the peninsula if you don't want to. Bill, great review. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that one because when we were on the Navigator of the Seas Group Cruise just a couple weeks ago, uh, Gerald one of the people on the group cruise with us, he did this exact tour and he was raving about it, Bill. So I, two people saying it's awesome. I think maybe I got to try this one out. And what I like about it, it's not the whole day. It's just a couple hours. And like you said, it gets you out there a little bit. Our next email comes to us from Teacher Fireman. Who writes, Hello again. As I type this, we're just 12 days away from our sailing on Freedom of the Seas. I wrote you back in November, and I thought I'd update you on a few items. This is my last email. A few things have changed. First, we have changed from adjoining promenade set rooms to adjoining balcony set rooms. I really and truly am deep down a balcony kind of girl, but we thought we would try something new and thought the kids would get a kick out of people watching and seeing the happenings of the promenade. Well, that deep down balcony feeling just kept gnawing away at me, and we were emailed a Royal Caribbean deal that we just couldn't pass up. We have not told our boys about the room change yet, and don't plan to until we arrive on the ship. Knowing the freedom of the seas, balconies have the sliding panels to make one large adjoining balcony should make for a great experience. Second, we did end up purchasing the drink package for both my husband and myself. After months of my husband and I saying that it was just too expensive, we started to change our minds. Here's our reasoning. First, it's nice to have the drinks paid for. One less bill at the end of the vacation is wonderful. Second, having the gratuities included is also much less of a hassle. And third, we enjoy our drinks, but don't we don't want to feel guilty if we don't finish a drink or if a drink gets warm or the ice melts. And next, we're going to be greatly compelled to purchase one once we took a close look at the package lineup and realized that water and coffees were also included. As someone who works out each morning, having a bottle of water with me is a perk, and then going to that special cup of joe after my workout is a great too. As former select package fans, we would always take advantage of the $5 Bloody Marys each morning. Now we don't have to worry so much about that charge either. Finally, we have two sea days in which they tend to be the days where we purchase more drinks, and that will leave a lot more for us to consume. 
I'll let you know how it works out if we get our money's worth. And next, YOLO book, it seems to be a motto of yours, and I'm adhering to that very stringently. Stringently? Stringently, yes. Since I emailed last, we have sailed and booked on Harmony of Seasons Spring of 2018 and plan to also book an Alaska cruise for summer 2018 while we are on the spring break trip. This cruise will be our first as Platinum members, and we're trying to make our way up to Crown and Anchor status bar. What is your favorite perk as far as Platinum membership goes, and which Crown and Anchor events are your personal favorites? I love your weekly show and how you also share such helpful hints. Man, I cannot speak today. So I want to share a few of my own. Number one, helpful tips. Pack a highlighter. It is great for the nightly compass reading and helps to organize the must-do ideas for your trip. Two, pack strong magnets. Most of the walls in your cabin are metal, so these magnets come in very handy. I like hanging wetsuits up to dry on those. I also clip the cruise compasses or excursion tickets so I don't want to lose them. Ask on day one to have the mini fridge cleared so you don't have to accrue any charges. And my best tip is to listen to your podcast each day to and from work. Plan early and plan often. And remember, one can never have too much Royal Caribbean in one's life. Take care and let me know when I can join a podcast. Heather, a.k.a. Teacher Fireman, thank you for the email. Great email all around. I love it. You did have some questions about my favorite perk as far as platinum membership goes and which crown and anchor events are my personal favorites i there are two perks i love about being platinum and certainly above as well as it adheres to but i will tell you uh, number one priority embarkation when you get to your embarkation port there's usually a special line for guests who are platinum members or even above and whether there's a line or not in the regular line, I love having that little special feeling in my uh, pit of my stomach. Say, yeah, I get the special line just for me. And you know what? You earned it. You spend enough cruises, you get to enjoy that line. So the priority embarkation is quite nice. And the other perk I really like is the, the balcony discount. And Heather, since you are a balcony fan yourself, balcony girl, I believe is the phrase you used, having that discount really starts to convince you, hmm. Maybe I will buy that, go for that balcony option just because, you know, it's free money versus if you had booked a inside room of some kind, you don't get that. And in some cases, if you book far enough advance on on certain ships, the price difference may end up being very negligible once you incorporate that, that balcony discount. So those are the two big ones I absolutely love. And your other question was about uh, which crown and anchor events are my personal favorites. I usually just go to the, to the welcome back parties they have. They're usually held in... On Freedom of the Seas, as an example, they're usually held in venues like the Star Lounge, but the venue changes all over. When, when we were on Navigator of the Seas, it ended up being in the ice skating room, Studio B, so you never know. But I like them. You know why? And I've said this before. I mean, look, the events are mostly just a lot of pomp and circumstance, but I like the, I love the idea that Royal Caribbean is taking time out of every single sailing to say thank you to their most loyal customers, and not just writing something down in the cruise compass saying thank you they're holding an event they're offering complimentary drinks they have it's not like two officers are there they got the whole officer staff over there greeting you as you walk in shaking your hand it really is impressive that they spend this much time and effort to say thank you and and as a customer i love it i love look it's not so much about uh, you know, uh, feeling like I, I, I'm entitled to it, but the fact that they go out of their way to do it to me really shows a lot, right? It's, it's, you know, don't, don't tell me, show me kind of thing. And with, with these kind of events, with the crown and anchor events, I love it. And that's exactly what I enjoy doing. So I go, I make a point to go to every single one of these events. If they're going to hold it, I'm going to show up because 
yeah, I find it entertaining on a level. I also like being able to show that I appreciate what they're doing, and this is my way of saying thank you by actually coming to the event. And you know, it's also interesting to strike up a conversation with the officers during any of these events, either when you're walking in or on your way out, because there's always some interesting stories. I'm sure during the course of your cruise, you may have some questions about the ship or the experience, and this is one of the best times on board to get those kind of answers. So hope that ha- answers your question, Heather. Thank you so much for, for sharing it with us. Next, we have an email from Neil, who writes, Hi, Matt. Having listened to your podcast on making a memorable cruise, I wanted to add a couple of my own experiences from our nine cruises, which myself and my wife have found on board. We always book a biggest table possible so we can meet and share other people when we're there. This has resulted in some amazing lifelong relationships and certainly enhanced our cruises. One table of 12 who were strangers to start with are all still firm friends and have met up three times ever since. Even in the Windjamere, we tend to pick a larger table and often ask to share. It's really interesting who you meet. My other recommendation is to talk to the crew. If you're having a drink at the R bar or champagne bar, sit at the bar and chat with the bar person. They are so skilled and knowledgeable. If you get the opportunity, chat to the cruise director at an event, and if you do chef's table, really engage the chef and sommelier. So often you see people around the ship and other events that can certainly make your cruise so much more enjoyable with you if you just take time to share it with them. These cost nothing and make your time on board so special along with making friends who you may be able to share experiences with well into the future. I hope the listeners will find this useful and give it a try, even if they don't find it to be that easy. Thanks, as always, for your amazing podcast and website. Neil, I think it's a great idea, and I agree with you 100%. This is meeting people, saying hello. It's very easy to do. Costs you nothing, as Neil, as you pointed out. And you're right. This is a great way to meet new friends on board the ship, and you never know. I, this goes also to the shore excursions. Uh, you know, it's... You're all on the ship together. You got something in common already, so it's very easy to start talking. You know, it's not like you have to. This is someone in the elevator in your company. It's like, oh, jeez, oh, talk about the weather. I guess. I mean, you, you can talk about the weather on board the ship, but there's so much going on that it, it's a natural conversation starter. And I love hearing Neil that you said that you have not only have you met people like this, but they've become lifelong friends, which is even better. That's wow. What? How much better does that get from a cruise in terms of making it memorable? Right? I love it. Thank you, Neil. Great recommendation. Next, we have an email from Douglas Ritz. I just discovered your blog a couple months ago, and it's been a great resource as I plan my next Royal Caribbean vacation. My husband and I will be on Liberty this season in a couple weeks. I enjoyed your past podcast on Liberty, and I have Sabor on my to-do list. Cannot wait. We're going with friends that we met four years ago aboard Oasis of the Seas. Do you have any tips for dealing with the Port of Galveston? It'll be our first time in Texas, and we will arrive a couple days prior to embarkation. Is Port of Galveston as nice as Fort Lauderdale or like a huge warehouse like a San Juan? What should I expect? I also think a discussion about the various departure ports would be a good future episode. They they vary widely, and I'm used to ports in Florida, Maryland, and Puerto Rico. This will be a first. Thank you very much. Wow, good question, Douglas. First of all, it's a good recommendation also for a podcast episode. I like it. I will tell you a couple things. Number one, I've sailed out of Galveston once. And I sailed out of Galveston in February, and they were dealing with some serious fog issues. What happened was it was a navigator of the seas. It was a fog the port was so fogged in. How fogged in was it? It was so fogged in that the uh, ship didn't actually get in until it was many hours delayed. And then when it finally got in, we didn't actually we we boarded at like six o'clock, which is really late. And then we weren't able to leave the port until the very next day. And even then, I still don't know how they made it out of there. So uh, my experience is somewhat skewed. But I can tell you a couple things about it. Uh, Galveston, in general, reminds the city or the it's an island reminds me a lot of like St. Augustine in Florida in the sense that it's kind of a beach town. They have a major, or not a major road, but their main road is right around along the water. They got this kind of seawall beach thing going on. It's very nice. And 
you know, what I want. I mean, some people spend like weeks there. I, mean, I, I could see spending a couple days, especially in the warmer months of the year swimming. But uh, the terminal itself is nondescript. It's not quite a warehouse, not quite a beautiful mecca of cruising. I would characterize it as something along the lines of the old Port Canaveral cruise terminal. Not, not Terminal 1, the old one. I'm trying to think of... Uh, Actually, it's very similar, in fact, to, to the one in San Juan, if memory serves me correctly. It's basically nondescript. It's nothing exciting, nothing horrible, just uh, easy, simple, and does the job that you're looking to do. In fact, they just extended the terminal recently, so I can't comment on that. My experience was in 2014, Douglas, but I, I think you'll have a easy time. In terms of what time, how to make it smooth, there's a couple things you want to keep in mind. Number one, I don't know where you're flying into, but... You're either flying, I'm assuming you're flying to Houston, but there's there's two airports in Houston. The problem with Galveston, there's two main problems with the port of Galveston. First and foremost is getting to Galveston from the airport. There is no, like in other ports, if you were to fly into almost any port in Florida, you can either take a taxi or rent a car, and it's very inexpensive to do either, right? Galveston, that's not an option. The rental car companies don't have locations that are open on weekends in Galveston, so you can't do one-way rentals. And Houston is about, depending on the airport, 45 to 60 minutes away, so not exactly a short car ride away. And so you start running into situations like you're taking shuttles, you're taking Royal Caribbean transfers, or you're paying for a car service. And there's basically, the short of it is there's no very inexpensive options. You're just going to have to kind of, some people actually end up actually renting a car, parking it somewhere in Galveston, and then bringing the car back, and it ends up still being cheaper for them. I'm not saying that may be your case there, but you kind of have to do your research there. I do say, though, one thing about Galveston, when you disembark, there can be very long lines in customs. This is not Royal Caribbean's fault, because Royal Caribbean has no control of it. This is the U.S. Customs, and they have evidently very few lines over there, and I got stuck in this once, too. My recommendation for Port of Galveston, if you're when you're on debarkation day, is be among the first to leave, and most importantly, even more importantly, get a porter, one of the people to help you with your luggage. There was a special porter line in Galveston. It made it so much quicker. I don't know how much time we saved, but it was quite a bit. It's worth it. You got to tip the guy. Totally worth it. I promise you, you'll enjoy it, and less stuff for you to lug around. So that's my recommendations for you, and uh, it's... Uh, it is a bit of a challenge, certainly more so than other ports, but it can be a nice thing to do. And I do recommend, in general, if you can, getting down there, like all ports, getting there at least a day beforehand so you have a little bit of time to explore and enjoy what Galveston has to offer. Because it's a neat little beach town. Nothing crazy. It's not like going to – like I said, I wouldn't know that I'd want to spend a week there, but I think it is cool to be able to just spend you know, a day or two and explore the area. So, Very good, Douglas. We have time for one more email, and we will read it from our good friend, uh, Heather, who writes, Hi, Matt. I just want to say that I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year now. We just came back from our first Royal Caribbean cruise. It will definitely be not our last, as we booked our next cruise already. Everything you said about Adventure Ocean was completely true. Our four-year-old absolutely had a blast in the Aquanauts. Every morning, she'd wake up and ask if we could go take her to the kids' club, and during the times it was closed, she was asking if it was open yet so she could go back and play. This is the one. This is one of the reasons we did not hesitate to book another Royal Caribbean cruise. It's truly the best vacation for families. But now I have a question that I've tried to search online for reviews and can't find it yet. We're going to lobby on our next cruise and have, and on the shore excursions, yes, I'm already planning ahead and dreaming about our next one. Listed is a DreamWorks photo safari with water slide. My daughter will be five on our next cruise, but will probably not be old enough, uh, be big enough rather, for the water slides. I'm wondering if you heard anyone that's done this excursion and what it was like. I'm trying to decide whether to book this or a beach cabana at Nellie's Beach. Any help would be appreciated. Great question, Heather. Uh, we looked at the same one. We're looking at the same one, rather, I should say, for our Harmony Group Cruise in September. So I'm not sure when your next... I know you said you booked another one, but I don't know when it is. So 
if it's after me, then I'll be posting a review and you can see it because my, my daughter, my oldest is dying to do this option. They have a new uh, photo safari with the DreamWorks characters, also a troll safari. Uh, essentially, we posted a kind of a review of this on our sister site, momsoftheseas.com. Uh, it's a kind of a new excursion that they offer. Honestly, I don't know the exact details of it. I can't tell you whether or not it's worth your money or not. I would tell you, honestly, Heather, you should book the cabana one way or the other. And then you can always add on the photo safari. I don't think it takes very long. If I'm not mistaken, it's only a couple hours at the most. So it's not like it's an all-day thing. And certainly, I don't think it's going to break the bank. But uh, if I were you, I'd probably try to either lean towards both of us. You just got the budget for one or the other. Which gets I'll tell you to the cabana. But uh, I'm, I'm sure your kid will love the photo safari. It's just that I, have, I don't have a first-hand experience. But when we go uh, in September on Harmony of the Seas... I will uh, be able to share it with you. I know some folks who had posted about the Trolls excursion on Lombardy, which is somewhat similar, if not the same, that they basically said it's cute. It's for kids mostly. In fact, as I recall correctly, also adults, it costs nothing for adults to do. It's just there's a price for kids and you can go with your with your kids and, and just escort them through it essentially. But um, it's kind of a cute thing, kind of a neat little thing for them to do. But again, it's not like... Um, I don't know how much it'll rock their world, but it may certainly be a lot of fun, something different to do. And I don't remember the prices being that high. So again, Heather, if your cruise is before is after September, I will post a review of it at royalgreenblog.com when I return. And if it's not, I would recommend if anybody has any experience with the DreamWorks Photo Safari uh, on on uh, Labadee to post in our show notes here at royalcreamblog.com and be able to uh, share your thoughts on this excursion because I'm sure Heather and some other folks as well, including myself, are kind of interested to hear a little bit more about it and what you thought about it. So good stuff, Heather. Thank you for sharing uh, your email here and your question. And it's good to hear from you. And of course, I want to hear from everybody. If you have a question, a comment, anything on your mind about Royal Caribbean, I want to hear about it. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcreamblog.com, matt at royalcreamblog.com. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here, and we'll talk again very soon right here on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast.